So welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited for this week's podcast. I've got Sarah King on with me um, and I'll let you introduce yourself, Sarah, because you'll do a better job than me. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited for this. Um, so how do I wrap myself up in a little bubble. Well, I'm an exercise physiologist, um, which is like a really fancy PT in a way uh, that we, we deal with more complex conditions. So more than just general population and help re people really improve their lifestyle through exercise, nutrition, managing their stress, improving their sleep and all aspects that kind of involve holistic well-being. Yeah. On top of that, I'm an intuitive eating counselor. I am a Pilates instructor, but I mostly focus on coaching women and really helping people understand female physiology in terms of training and how we should fuel our bodies and really just empowering women to, yeah, feel strong, move their bodies and find their happy balance with exercise and with food. I think for me, Thank you, first of all, for that summary. But I think for myself, um, this is such a big topic that I'm actually really, like, I am really passionate about it because I feel like the images that are pumped out that are so um, easily consumed by females is an image that not necessarily is unrealistic, but unhealthy. But if that's the goal, uh, then it's really detrimental. So I'm ecstatic to have you on today to talk more around uh, female fat loss and the female body. So um, something that my clients always bring up is, and I think the biggest difference between, well, I say the biggest difference, but a uh, <laughs> huge difference between men and women is obviously you have a cycle and we don't. Now, I get a lot of clients that will say around a certain time of the month, they feel more bloated or so on. Can you delve into why that is and the different stages of the cycle? Yeah, 100%. So men, like you said, are physiologically quite the same every day. Your mm. hormones don't fluctuate throughout a month like yeah. ours do. So with the menstrual cycle, you have two main phases. The first phase is your follicular phase. So that's from day one. So the first day that you get your period to about day 14, 15, when you ovulate. And then you have ovulation and then you have the second half of your cycle. So that's your luteal phase um, where that is considered your like high hormone phase. And that is the lead up until you getting back to day one, or maybe you fall pregnant if you are trying to conceive um, and then you won't have a period. There are a lot of differences in, in the two phases and it does impact women in terms of number one, how they feel, but number two, what they're most primed to do in terms of training and exercise. So that follicular phase is your body's prime time to build muscle and really tap into your glycolytic energy stores. So your ability to do things like sprints and HIIT training is a whole lot better than it will be in the second half of your cycle. And I'll explain why that's the case in a little bit. 
So that's really the time where you should be progressing your weights and trying to increase them. Um, and it's also the time where you feel you'll probably have more energy. And that's what the research shows, obviously. Yeah. But you should also be informed by how you feel because I say all of this and people are like, oh, the follicular phase in that first week where I had my period, I feel like terrible. There's no way I could do anything yeah. into that. I, that's 100% valid. Like 100%. if you feel like you... I think you, the biggest thing... Sorry to interrupt. The biggest yeah, thing that I, I literally always tell my clients is the most important thing and the best tool to understand how you feel is your body. Like, yeah. if you're hungry, then your body will tell you to eat. If you're tired, sleep and so on and so forth. So like you say, listening to your body is crucial at whatever yeah. phase you're at. Yeah, we have all, we all have this like inner wisdom, but sometimes we just get out of touch with it because yeah. we haven't listened to it for such a long time. Um, so I'm someone that like loves the science, but I'm also yeah. someone that like listen to your body because even if you're in that follicular phase, like you could feel terrible. Like I said, in that first week of your period and maybe just going for a walk is what you need, which yeah. is great. Like get movement in is fantastic. And then towards the end, you might start to feel like your energy levels pick up and you get back into training. Um, so that's follicular phase. Then yeah. you have ovulation. So that's when you release your egg. That is when you're actually at your strongest point. So your testosterone levels are highest. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like strength training, great time to like kind of test your limits with that. The only one caveat is that there is an increased likelihood of ligament damage around that time. Um, so more like dynamic movements, probably not as good. So yeah. research shows that ACL injuries are a lot higher around ovulation. So if you're someone that plays sport, just be sure to really warm up properly and just be mindful of your body and your techniques. Yeah. And what is the reason and, for that? Is there? Oh, good question. I have to go back and look at the paper again, but I will get back to you on that one. No worries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> put that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I was like, with my brain is pretty good at picking out lots of little bits of research, but sometimes I miss I miss the finer details. That's absolutely fine, honestly. Um, you're already explaining more. I never knew that there was that link to injuries around that time, so that's very helpful on my end as well. Um, so yeah, then you've got your luteal phase. So that's your high hormone phase. So you're you get a really big increase in estrogen and progesterone. Yeah. Um, because of those high hormones, your body's ability to tap into your fast energy stores, so your glycolytic energy stores, so mm -hmm. that's like power and speed, is a little bit less. Yeah. So you're not primed for that kind of hit sprint kind of training unless you properly fuel before that. So mm -hmm. that's the time when you want to be really mindful of like, okay, well, I am a runner and we do have an interval session. So I'm going to make sure that I have enough carbs and eat enough carbs in that meal or snack before I go yeah. for that session to make sure that I can get through it. Um, but that's a time where you're just being consistent and maintaining, even though you're not as physiologically primed to make as many gains in terms of muscle mass and hypertrophy yeah. and strength. It doesn't mean that you can't hit the gym. Um, 
with um you do- oh sorry after you yeah no go for it so obviously with the these phases of the cycle yeah there also comes um my girlfriend she always tell me i'm hungry i'm hungry i'm hungry can yes. you because a lot of female clients they'll i'll say to, i'll put them in a bigger deficit early on and then um they'll be at like maintenance yeah so they're still in a deficit over the course of a month but um when they're craving the food they're not eating more um calories that that's going to undo their progress but it's just very difficult to maintain a deficit throughout every single day of the month especially well especially as a female um can you tell the listeners when in the cycle those points would be definitely so the biggest shift is in that luteal phase so when your progesterone levels increase that also comes with an increase in your metabolism so anywhere between five and ten percent So that means for a female, that could be anywhere between 100 and 300 calories or potentially more depending on how active she is. Yeah. Um, And then also because like, you know, you're not, the the flip side is it also makes you feel more fatigued. So that progesterone does make you actually feel a little bit more tired and lethargic than normal. And we know when we feel tired, we generally want to reach for more sugary things. Without so this is, the time, <laughs> this is the time where you actually need to just plan and don't be like mean to yourself in that respect. Mm. Fuel your body properly. So if you are in a deficit, go to maintenance. If you're craving sweet things, give yourself a couple of extra pieces of fruit yeah. and have some of the foods that you really, really enjoy. And if you are training, be smart about how you fuel those sessions. You might not want to do a fasted session. It probably won't be your best one. Yeah. I think that's definitely key as well because um, it is also, for for men, for me, I can go to the gym any day of the week. Like if I've got an injury, fair enough. But for for women, it is a constant, okay, well, you're going to be stronger uh, this week and this week. And then your energy is probably going to take a dip as you say, um, would you say that the best way for uh, females to go through that is uh, a case of not, I say going through the motions, but just putting out what you can and turning up rather than obviously saying, no, I'm going to just, like you say, reach for the cupboard and so on and so forth. Yeah. So with my clients and also with the coaches that I kind of help upskill in female yeah. physiology. I always say to them, try if someone, if one of your clients is going to the gym, definitely have them have that consistency in those first two weeks, but also make sure that that is the two weeks where they actually feel their best because it might yeah. not be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first three months that you're coaching someone, you really have to get that feedback and go, when are you feeling your best? When are you feeling like crap? So in that you know, get your strength gains in the first couple of weeks, do more of your interval training or sprint training if you like that kind of conditioning. Mm -hmm. And then in the second half, I would say that's when you want to focus more on technique and consistency. So just maintaining what you've gotten in that first 
topics. And for me personally, like I feel like my form and my technique is not as good. I'm a bit more of a gummy bear. Mm -hmm. Don't feel as good at the gym. Takes me longer to kind of like get a consistent lift in if I'm doing like deadlift, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, know when to call it quits some days like if it doesn't feel good i'm kind of like you know what i'm gonna do some core work instead and allow yourself to mix it up and do something like pilates or yoga or something that's going to keep you active but allow you to feel good and get all the benefits from exercise even if you don't get that strength session in yeah i think that's so key um not even just for the ladies like there are sessions where men go into the gym and they're in a position where they're tired or they get to a point where they're like, okay, I would say there, which I do say to my clients, don't um, push yourself just because you feel you have to just again, listen to your body. And that is going to be so beneficial um, in the long run. Yeah. It's one of those things where you kind of have to check your ego at the door Mm. and I have to do this too. And you're like, well, last week I could do this many pull-ups and today I suck and I can only do two. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to grab a band and just help myself out. And that's yeah. probably going to be the best thing for me today so that I don't walk out feeling grumpy. Definitely. Definitely. I think um, another one for the clients um, is bloat females and they bloat. And I don't know why I bloat. The first thing I say to them is, is it, are you, are you, have you got your period? Um, mm-hmm. Because that often happens as you're going to be starting to come on. Um, what's the reasons for that? So that change in hormones does bring more fluid retention. Mm. Uh, also some changes to digestion that go on with progesterone and the rest of it, which is why women feel kind of blah mm. before. But it's also, it's also, it's different for everyone. Yeah. Not everyone gets something. But for those people that do, it's, it's just being mindful of like, okay, if I know that I'm more prone to being bloated, make sure that you just wear comfortable clothes. Yeah. Try evenly space out your meals so you're not having huge, huge meals and maybe like some smaller snacks and moderate size meals. Um, but it's just one of those things where you kind of have to go like, it's kind of normal. It's kind of to be expected. And just to like, you know, if it's to the point where your bloating is painful and you can't find any comfortable position to be in, then definitely talk to someone about it. But if it's just normal bloating that we all get and it usually resolves in a couple of days or when your period starts, yeah, you, you can just kind of like chalk it up to those delightful hormones. I think, um, yeah, that's obviously, I think that sums up this part of the pod uh, very nicely because there are adaptations, which I can't stress enough to the female listeners that you're going to go through that, that men don't go through. And I think that that's going to lead on to my next bed bug, which is body yep. fat. Because okay. I think with body fat, I think people often, um, especially when it comes to food, they only think you can lose weight or gain weight. They don't think it's possible to maintain weight. But obviously, as well, 
for men to lose or have a lower percentage of body fat, um, it's not as dangerous to women being at those sort of really low levels where you can have this abs look, um, which everyone on social media seems to, to go after these days. Um, I'd love you to get into how that can affect the female body um, and what a healthy fat percentage for a female to be is. Yeah, some really good points that you make in that question. And I think I'll start with actually the last point you make, which is what is a healthy body fat for mm. a female? Um, and it's actually a lot higher than it is for a male because we need these extra stores for estrogen and to just make our body know that it has energy reserves for reproduction later yeah. on. So it's somewhere between 21 and 30%. And it'll be very different for different people because where your body feels physiologically comfortable and safe is really only determined by your brain and ultimately yeah. by your hypothalamus, which is what I'm going to talk about in a little while. So I think as a society, we're just conditioned to believe that quote unquote health looks one way and that if we have abs, then we are fitness. Yeah. But Body composition is not the same as being strong or being fit or having a healthy heart. And all of those things are much more important for your long-term well-being than having abs. Image, yeah. yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that see images online and make a lot of assumptions about that person and their life being perfect and them never having to deal with any issues and that if they aspire yeah. to be like that, then their life will be perfect and too. Be and happy. <laughs> yeah. It's the ideal that we are kind of sold. Yeah. And it's so not true. I was someone that was very, very lean and it's the most unhappy I've ever been. Yeah. And my relationship with food was terrible, on but that. on the outside, I looked great. Yeah, which is amazing. But on that, when you got down to your leanest, yes, yeah, did you still think I can lose from I can lose body fat from there, or I want to change this, or was you completely happy with the way you looked? It's interesting, and to to your point, uh, there were always things that I never felt completely a hundred percent comfortable oh, with. Definitely. But Body image is not what happens on the outside. It's what your head, it's what your head tells you. Absolutely. And until you figure out that piece, until you work on your body image, until you work on your self-worth, not related to your physical appearance, you will never be 100% happy with the body that you see in the mirror. Yeah. It's getting to that point where you realize, I am more than a body. I have so much to offer the world. And yes, I want to take care of myself and look after my health and be physically active. But that doesn't always mean that I have to fit in this box and have yeah. a certain body fat percentage. I love that. I honestly love that. What, exactly what you said there. Um, from my past uh, difficulties with mental health, I've really realized that um, the physique that came with training was sort of the byproduct and then the training was just actually so sort of like soothing and cleansing for my mind. Um, mm. And that was really the place where I fell in love with what I do now and 
felt it so necessary to use that information that I gathered to to pass on to other people. So I think that is a perfect. Um, yeah. But I interrupted you there. I interrupted oh, you. Oh, that's fine. I think it's so good to get to that place where exercise comes from that deep place of self-respect and just completely wanting to look after both your mind and your body. But for a lot of people, like it's a journey to get there. And I think for a lot of women and men who have that ideal of being super lean, they don't always understand the consequences of what being really lean actually does to their body. Yeah. Um, And this is almost the secret that fit women keep for each other because being super lean usually comes along with a whole host of side effects, including, but not limited to being cold all the time, being pretty moody and unstable in terms of your fluctuations between feeling okay and feeling really irritable or down. Um, losing your period. Uh, I think I said feeling cold all the time, not sleeping well through the night, feeling like you have to pee all the time, having substandard workouts because you just don't have the energy, Yeah. not have energy to go. I mean, like the list goes on. Yeah. It is honestly crazy, but in terms of it, it's, it's crazy how long that list is. And I don't think that, it's well, like you say, it's not well known that uh, this can happen if your body fat is too low. So yes, it's amazing to, like you say, get into shape, but you have to do it in in the right way. Um, In regards to obviously the body fat being low, you was there. Yeah. So I'd want to talk you, you talk, sorry, talk me through that journey. of you realizing okay my body fat is too low here i need to get back to a what is a healthy uh, body fat percentage and a healthy weight yeah so for me um it was so first of all body fat is one of the reasons why women lose their period and i'm going to talk about my journey and that's how i kind of realized that i was too low in my body fat percentage Mm -hmm. but you can lose your period for lots of different reasons, Mm -hmm. body fat or low energy availability. So you can be at a healthy weight and not be fueling yourself properly and smashing yourself in the gym. And your body's like, nah, reproduction's probably not what we want to be doing right now because we're not well fueled enough. But for me, I reached this point where I was like, well, I haven't had my normal natural period for like 10 years. I was like, this is problematic. And I came across someone who explained her story of being super fit and super lean and her realizing that her lifestyle was actually causing the problem. Yeah. Whereas I had been to doctors who were like, no, no, you're fine. You're healthy. Like everything's all okay. And in my mind, I listened to her story and I was like, that's me. Yeah. I was like, I need, I need to fix this. And I didn't realize the way that I needed to fix this was gaining weight, yeah. doing less size and actually learning how to chill out and relax that is hard so difficult because my life was exercise I was a fitness instructor I'm in the fitness industry I was meant to be this like representation of health and I was like I'm gonna go to the gym maybe two days a week instead of five and my workout is going to look 
very different to yeah. how it did before. And I might do some gentle walks in between and I'm going to eat about twice as much. And yeah. It was such a drastic change and it really impacted my mental health because I had to take a good hard look at my identity yeah. and who I was. Because that and is a complete change there. Yeah, yeah. And realize like it was okay to live in a bigger body and people really didn't think anything different of me. Yeah. Do you think when, because um, I've been around people that, um, especially I'd say females, where they start losing weight and people around them will say, oh, you're, you're uh, maybe taking it a bit too far. Do you feel like those people, there were those people in your life at that point? And then you say, obviously, you're changing your identity. Um, people didn't look at you differently. But do you think that people looked at you in more of a positive light or positive image in the sense of, okay, right, you're, you're now healthy? Yeah, definitely. So I had one of my really good friends. Um, we went away together and she's like, I've never seen you this small. And it was when I got home from that uh, trip, because I was in America for about four or five weeks, mm. and I never really weighed myself, mm -hmm. um, but I, I came home and I was like, I'm going to put myself on the scales and see where I'm at. And I was shocked yeah. at the number. And I was like, I have to fix this. And it was just like, I just snapped my fingers and I was like, okay, I just gonna, I'm going to have to eat more. Yeah. I'm going to have to do less. And it was really good that I was open to my friends about it because I think that I, if I had gone through that whole journey, just trying to put a happy face on it, it would have been really tough. And yeah. I needed them to know that I felt like shit and I had to throw away a whole bunch of clothes. And when we went out, I was like a little bit uncomfortable at times. And I would just tell them, I was like, I'm just having a bad body image day yeah yeah, yeah. process is like a whole it's a it's a lot more difficult than i ever expected it to be and then another thing that i would love you to the difference in your mentality now to back when you were super lean what because i, I like myself i've taken myself down to low body fat percentages and i haven't really enjoyed my social life i haven't enjoyed um the training because my food's too low i don't enjoy my food because that's obviously non-existent so i understand how low you can actually get when you're trying to get lean what are the two differences in your mentalities now my mentality is that i just want to have kick-ass training sessions in the gym yes. <laughs> and that is so much easier in a body that is well fueled and at a better body fat percentage mm. And it also allows me the freedom to just chill out. Like I'm never micromanaging my food. I, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that kind of like eats more intuitively and mm -hmm. it allows me to have freedom when I go out and socialize. Like yeah. I basically don't think about food or exercise and that is freeing in itself because like I've got more headspace to do yeah. things that interest me more. I would say it does take a good while to be in that headspace though. Like similarly to you, I used to think, oh, can I really eat that? Or 
should I really drink tonight? Things like that. Whereas now I don't really think about them. And it is so, it is unbelievably satisfying when you're sort of away from the guilt of what you consume because you, you know you're in a good place. You know if you are, if you do have, say, uh, a higher calorie day, then you can change that on another, which is you see so many people on social media and around the world that you know three months before they go on holiday because they're not on social media. They're in the gym putting themselves through like a training camp. And the headspace of that is just polar opposites, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I think like if you are doing something and you wouldn't see yourself doing it or it's not sustainable beyond like a month. Yeah. Probably don't do it. Probably yeah, find exactly. a better way like, to be more inclusive and to actually work on your goals, of course, but having that positive mentality around your body and how you view food and the different things that you are able to eat. Cause no food is really off limits. It's just about making sure that everything balances out over time. And it usually does. Now I've got a, uh, a big, big topic. I think this is definitely the thing that differentiates men, women, men and women the most. <laughs> I can't get the words out today. Um, yeah. Obviously pregnancy uh, yes. and training women are so nervous or scared that when they get pregnant, they're going to lose the body that they've built over however many years and so on. What does it mean after pregnancy? Um, yeah. I'd love you to, to delve into that. Well, this is like a podcast in itself. So I'll try yeah. and wrap it up in a nice little bow, but how impressive is the female body that we can Miss grow Lee. another human? And I think for a lot of people who have invested in their health and their fitness and gotten to a stage where their body is healthy and they have a healthy pregnancy, it can feel both really exciting and terrifying at the yeah. same time because there is so much unknown. And there are modifications that you need to make throughout your pregnancy just to make sure that you are comfortable and that the baby is growing at a good rate and that you don't kind of set, your up, set yourself up for any injuries kind of after birth. So the main things that you have to kind of consider are the fact that your abdominal muscles are gonna have to take a rest for a while because they need to relax in order to spread apart yep. so that your baby has room to grow. It also means that the intensity of your workouts have to go down and you'll probably have to make adjustments around the type of exercises that you do to make them a bit more stable as your balance changes with your growing baby. Yeah. <laughs> so there's all these things that you have to consider, but the biggest thing to know is that you don't have to give up being active. You just have to modify it. And the best thing to do is go and see someone who is trained in giving you um, the right advice for exercises, whether you want to do something like prenatal Pilates or yoga, or you want to continue strength training, which you can do hundred percent, just get a plan that is right for you. And if you do, do start experiencing some symptoms around your pelvis or getting lower back pain, 
there are physios that you can go see, especially women's health physios, that are really good in making sure that you are strengthening the right muscles that you need to and don't have any kind of underlying conditions. And if you do, there are like so many ways to treat them. So I guess your body can feel like a bit of a foreign place when you are pregnant. Not that I have been pregnant. I've had lots of pre and postnatal clients. Um, but the, the biggest thing is to work with someone who makes it a less scary experience and who can be that sounding board to actually go like, okay, like if that's an uncomfortable exercise, why don't we switch it to this? Cause it's probably going to be better for you. 100%. I think um, it is obviously the biggest physical change that anyone goes through. So I think in terms of your training it is you, you obviously, like you say, you've got to be, have a detailed plan, probably from well yeah well definitely from like a coach that is specializes yeah. in that area don't uh, go to a coach that is going to say oh yeah I'll, I'll have you on board and then I'll do the research after you want to go with someone that's credible um, and works along those lines I think there's one more thing that I want to cover off um, sure. about the female body is more when people and clients come to you one of the first um, questions they ask is, can you get rid of my cellulite? So again, can you go into the, I, I don't know if it's an unfortunate answer or not. I don't think for me personally, <laughs> as a man, I've never thought, oh my God, that woman's got cellulite. The only time I've noticed it is someone has said to me, look at my cellulite. So yeah, yeah, let's talk cellulite and it's, let's get out that it's not a bad thing. No, cellulite is 100% normal and it's due to the structure of our cells. So unless you can change the structure of your cells, you can't get rid of it. So I think it's this radical acceptance that we have to just kind of go like, you know what, we can't change it. Without we can't change it. You can, if you are someone who is on a weight loss journey, you know, you can feel more comfortable in your skin through that process, but you don't get to choose number one, where the weight loss comes from. Mm -hmm. And even people who are like in a smaller body, like everyone has it, everyone yep. has cellulite. And like you said before, like nobody's pointing it out. Literally. Like, no, nobody cares. It's what you are making up in your mind that it is yep. this worst thing possible. And if you are someone who's hung up about it, talk to someone about it. Go see a counselor, go see a therapist. Yeah. It is something that you can really work on improving in terms of like having a good body image and self image. Um, Cause it is something that can really knock your confidence and nobody can tell you how you're going to get that confidence back. It's something that you have to work on in terms of your mindset. But I think if you are someone who is looking after your health, looking after your fitness, look after your mind too and just be just be aware that like everyone's out there living their life and don't put yourself on the sidelines just because you have cellulite like I didn't go to the beach for the longest time because I was so hung up on certain like body parts that I had but then I was like screw this I love yeah. the beach love lying in the sun I love swimming in the ocean there are so many people with so many different bodies that do this mm. why am I why am I missing out 100% and I think uh, that is a beautiful way to end the podcast because I think 
where it is a mental health and fitness podcast, it is that idea of that positive body image that you create for yourself. It is about you being happy with the vessel that you're in rather than what other people can give back to you. Um, so I can't thank you enough for having, well, sorry, for coming on. What I would love to you, oh my God. What I would love for you to do <laughs> is tell people how they can find you. Yeah, 100%. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been such a good chat. Um, I'm always really excited to talk all things women's health yeah. and mental health as well. I'm most active on Instagram. You can find me at Sarah Liz King. Um, and all of my links are there. I have a podcast that I run myself. And then my website's www.sarahlizking.com. Um, if you wanted to reach out, I will check my DMs and all of my services are listed there as well on my website. Perfect. Sarah, honestly, I've loved this conversation. Um, like we both know, the, the female body uh, is an amazing thing. Um, and it has honestly been so good to have you on. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Catch you in the next one.